The message you are about to listen to is brought to you by the Fountain of Life Church Hope Center. We believe that the Word of God has power through the Holy Spirit to cause remarkable changes in your life. And as you meditate and act on these words, your life will become a testimony. God is worthy of praise. Jam your hands together. I think he is worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. You know, I was just telling my wife that it's safe to say that she has preached a good part of my message. Because I'm going to be talking on sight, beholding. Hallelujah. How many people are excited to be in church? Don't worry if you are not. My prayer is, before you leave, the spirit of joy will come upon you. And that thing that has become a mountain that has taken your joy would look like dust in the knowledge of what you will receive today. Do you believe what we just said? You know, amen is a Christian language. Amen. We use it, but I want you to be very attentive in service today. I want you to grab as much as you can. I want you to believe as much as you can. Please don't be religious. It does not profit you anything. All right. So we'll be looking at something I tagged the new. And it's going to be in light of the theme for this month, which I feel like we have not spoken. We've spoken about it, but I want to really emphasize on it. This is our year of God's revealing glory. And this month is ever-increasing glory. But we need to understand what this means. Because some of you is asking, Shay, glory, are we going to spend glory? Like, What does glory mean? But for you to really appreciate glory, you need to understand it in context of the new and the old. Because there was old glory and there is new glory. And I know that if you look at one of the messages I preached in January... I try to give an example. I try to illustrate, you know, um, glory. And I talked about light. How many of us remember when we talked about light? Fantastic. So please, you can go to our YouTube page. It's there. You can watch it because this might be a bit of a sequel from that. All right. Now, here's what I said. To fully walk in the new, you must understand the old. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, a very popular scripture. It says, when you are in Christ... What happens? All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become. I don't know how some of you read the scripture, but before you get so excited, it's good to first understand. You know, the Bible says that with your heart you believe, then with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation, meaning that heart must get it before mouth can say it. Do you understand? And that is why you come into church and they say, Say this, say this. See, we can keep telling you to say, but you must first understand. Because your heart must first receive it before it launches power to your mouth. Because the one that you are dealing with is not threatened by the words. It's threatened by what backs the word. And two things must back the word. Knowledge and power. Do you get me? So, the reason why you can pray, and sometimes it still looks like as if the devil is not moved, 
because there's still a part of you that has not entered, caught, like my wife will say, that revelation. And that's why you see the very few people that catch it. It works so powerfully. And sometimes catching it does not need to entail seven years of fasting and prayer. And we're going to talk about that because those are benefits of the new. That you don't slave to get what has been freely given. But we'll get there. But I'm trying to set a precedent that please for you to get what God has given to you, you must first know. The Bible says you shall know the truth and it shall set you free. Hallelujah. So for you to fully appreciate fully appreciate the new you must understand the old now so let's talk a little bit about the old when we talk about the old we're talking about the old covenant we're talking about the old way of life we're talking about the way of living in the past now let me show you something that was really remarkable in first Corinthians, second corinthians that's giving you an example of what your old looked like 2 Corinthians 3. Know your ways. We want to touch your grace. So we can leave your day. We want to see. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Thank you. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. It says, The old way with laws itched in stone led to death. Is that what you see? Yeah. The old way led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God even though the brightness was always fading away. So what he said was in the old, it was not like I said people were not walking in the knowledge of God, but it was not able to last. The problem with the old covenant was as good as it was, it was not sustainable. So let's start forgiveness of sin. The old covenant said that for you to have forgiveness of sin, you need to kill an animal, isn't it? But the blood of that animal was only temporal. Because the next time you, kill, you, you sin again, you need another animal. That one animal has gone for that one sin. Are you with me? And you cannot do anything. You cannot use the blood again. Meaning that if you were financially in distress at that point in time, you will be accumulating the, pen, the penance of the redemption of your sin. So meaning that if business goes bad around that point in time and you cannot buy cow, and you cannot borrow because you have used, you have borrowed from rare money. They have given you all the cows they had. In fact, they have put your name on billboard. Don't give this man cow. He's owing us money for cow. But you are still sinning because sin is a nature of flesh. You now start to accumulate it. That, ah, 
if I can just see someone that can just bless me with five cow like this, ah, my sins will just be. Can you imagine if that was your prayer point? That, ah, and this Muslim guys, some are just killing cow anyhow. Can, 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 I, can I kill it and you eat it? You start to negotiate all sorts. The old nature required a lot of laws. The old nature had precepts that must guide you into everything. There was sin offering. There was thanksgiving offering. There was firstborn offering. There was, sin, there was offering of sacrifice. There was everything. You can read the Bible in Leviticus. Also read Numbers. Because Numbers was actually where Moses entered the pea. Now the Bible also said that the patriarch of this old covenant was actually Moses. And you see the Bible was trying to liken and this was what Paul was trying to do there. He was trying to liken the life of Moses to the life of Jesus. You must understand that it was, it was via Moses that we got the 12 commandments. It was via Jesus that we got the 2 commandments. Somebody shrunk 12 into 2. 10 into 2. Just so that he can profit you. So you don't need to start to say kill, steal, adultery. No. Just love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Out of that expression comes the fact that you will not think of stealing. Out of that expression means that you will not think of coveting your neighbor's wife or their property. So Jesus came to say, you know what? If these people continue the old covenant, oh my, burn out. They will burn out. You see, the order was so serious that you could spend your eternal life or your life just trying to keep in ordinance with the old covenant. You don't have time to live. You are just trying to keep to the old covenant. You know when you live life with the consciousness of I must not sin, which is some part that some of us still do, which is in relationship with the old covenant. And I remember something God told me a long time. He said, it is not about what I want you to stop. It's about what I need you to start. So some of you, you are this alcohol, this humanizing, this cheating, this just paying boys a little something, something so that they can help me fast track. And you are consumed by that as the singular biggest thing that when you stop doing it, it will please God. And God is telling you that the more you start to do that, you will burn out. The new covenant says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Meaning that you don't have to do to show love. You first have to love, then you will do. Is somebody getting me? Like, Pastor Missy is my wife and I'm so grateful to be privileged to marry to her. But you see, the relationship we have is not the type that I must always do to show. I will burn out. Is somebody listening? If I always have to validate my I love you with every action, I will burn out. And God saw that one of the things that the old covenant was going to do to them was though they were going to try their best, they were going to burn out. But before we start to talk about the old covenant, like I said, it was bad. The old covenant had its advantages. And let me share some of these advantages to you. Number one, punishment was instant. Some of you are laughing because you want that same God to come into play in certain areas of this, our country. Don't you feel like Somebody that looked and did not check and brought an entire fake foil into a nation on church should still not have his job. Don't you think so? Don't you think that somebody should be fired just by keeping people's businesses and that? Don't you think that there should be a panel that literally blacklists the person and says this person is not credible? Ooh. 
You see, in the Old Testament, you can be rest assured, thunder will strike somebody right there. <laughs> but you see, the thing about the Old Covenant, eh, is that though it was very fast, it gave little room for grace. Meaning, that it is possible that the sin you sinned right now was not so, not so not, not really because you wanted to disobey God, but you were struggling. But you see, in the old covenant, you go. You go. So some people that you say, I want that punishment. Hey, be careful what you pray for. Because some of you might not even be alive to even say that right now. Because that thing you did two weeks would have been saying R.I.P. But you see, another thing about the old covenant, it was dramatic. And God came on the mountain and there was smoke everywhere. And a loud voice from heaven said, my son, ah, power. If you have that ordinary encounter last song on Todd Mainland Bridge, where all the cars literally hear that God is speaking to you and saying, this is my son. A woman, went, ah, yay. Who is that last man? Did you not hear? Oh, money. It was very dramatic. It gave a limited understanding of the nature of your God. So you could know God as a fighter. You could know him as a man of war. But you could not relate as a father. And it is not perfect war that casts out sin. It is perfect love. So God was something we used, not someone we want to be with. Somebody with me. God was something we or someone we call on as against someone that we want to abide with. You want to know why I said so? The Bible said when the Israelites saw that they had gotten out of, the, uh, of, of Egypt and not long afterwards, there was no food. You don't mind me. The disposition of the way they spoke made us understand the type of relationship that they wanted to enact with God. He said, Ah, Moses. Ah. Wow, 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 wow. Shabi, we should have just stayed where we were in Egypt. Because what they felt was the contractor we employed to ensure that we come out and everything is okay. Go perform now. And we don't have access to him. You all lumba sorrow. So kill him. That was the nature they had. Ah. Ewa. Where is Moses? Ide Mountain. Kill him. What's it going to now? Sorry if, I, if you don't understand Yoruba. I'm so sorry. What's, where is Moses? He's up in the mountain. He has been there since. What is he doing there? He has not been there. <laughs> do, we all, do we know the way of Moses? He will go come tell us. Say, this is what the Lord has said. Ah, we, we cannot wait. Oh, ah, we, we must they worship. We must jubilate. I bet. Waiting. Ghana they do. Ah, they, oh, Papa, if you see one God, where did they, where did they worship for them? That God is fine. If you see that God there, everything correct. Yeah, you know me now. You know me now. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, you know, you know. Check Kuton. Check. Just check our neighbor. Check our neighbor. What's in it to you? I don't want all the then said they get their own God. Correct like this. That guy. 
two seconds, turn that papa. Eh, you know me now. Now I don't know. Some good things. You, you go, go zank all of them. Eh, okay, okay. You know what? I don't understand Moses. So, if you know a good guy, you know say if you know come back, that guy be like that person. If you go, you know tell us. If you know come back, we know we know. Ne, Aaron. Now you be second in command. Now you so they send you to twelve now together. We need idol. Yenko. Aaron was like, ah. my guy at the top has not yet come back. Say, Aaron, no. We need I. We need to be worshiping. And as we are worshiping, we want to be jubilating because you will find out that in that time, their worship also came with a lot of fringe benefits, like women, like sleeping with each other. It was like a carnival because the God that they worshipped then, most of them had intertwining natures with sex. Go and read the Bible. Go and read ancient history. Gypsies. Where do you think all those people came from? So there was all that. Ah, I'm going to see the kind where these ones they worship. Enjoyment. Ah, ah. So, their gods, their, their worship also brought to them certain sacred items. So because you say you are worshipping, you can carry gold and keep. And worship the gold. But it means that you have gold in your pocket. So it, that, that one was way better than a God that we don't see. That does not want any representation. That is just from one man that he was speaking from. And if you vex him too much, he will back So the old covenant was very dramatic. And it seemed like as if for God to always get the attention of his children, he also had to play the drama game. So even God saw that that was not sustaining. Because the difference between the old and the new in terms of mindset is when the old, when they don't get a blessing, they nag. When the new are waiting on God for a blessing, they think. Count it all joy. When you are what? When you are faced with temptation, persecution on all sides. Can you see mindset? And that was the mindset God wanted to bring on earth because he knew that if he kept doing this magic, this, this performance-driven type of relationship, they would still not love him. They would just love what he does. And you see, the nature of the father we have is not the one that wants you to like his right hand alone. He wants you to like everything around him. That's why the Bible says, in his presence there is what? Fullness of joy. And his right hand there are what? Pleasures. He doesn't just want you on pleasure side. He wants you on present side. So the old covenant had a lot of drama. Let me show you another drama. Exodus 19, 16. Just may we use and catch small crews. Exodus 19. On the morning of the third day, what round? Talk now. Thunder roared and lightning flash, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and the people did what? Maka. That was what they knew as the presence. Thunder. 
lightning photograph. And when they saw that, hey, you the lion. So these are certain things about the old covenant. But as advantageous as the old covenant was, it was lacking one thing. And what was that one thing? The outpouring of the Spirit of God. Every time this happened, it was almost like God came and left. If you look at some of the analogies between Moses and Jesus, Moses was the custodian to take us to or take the people of Israel to the promised land, isn't it? Are we, are we here? Now, the sad thing about the old covenant is you can be used by it, but not necessarily changed by it. Oh yes. Because there was no relationship. And it is actually a relationship that gives you a change of perspective. Let me give you a typical example. How many of you have very strict bosses, like your line manager? You don't have strict boss. I need to pray it for you guys. There is a grace that comes with having a strict boss. No nonsense. 801, memo, baka. Sir, it's just one minute. I say we'll take one minute from your salary, then you know the value of one minute. Very strict boss. But you see that boss, the moment, somehow, somehow, you marry his daughter. All of a sudden, you start to see that boss in a different light. Because the boss is now not just your boss. You're now in love. So from, we're not going to tolerate this. He's like, Kiloman Shena, why are you doing like this now? You know, now I can't talk to them because you have messed up. Via relationship with his daughter, he reduces the kind of penance that he gives to you. But you got it by relationship. Because now you are yoked with him by blood compulsorily. If he does any of your his daughter will shout, Daddy, you don't like my husband. Hmm. Now, because you have that relationship, you now get to see your boss in a different light. Then you now start to see that ah, this man is not very wicked like that. Oh. You that used to be the one coming late, all of a sudden, now that you are now a co-head to that business, you now be talking to oh, God, I don't even know what's wrong with our staff nowadays, Seth. Some of them, they will just be coming late. You used to be there. Another thing that that relationship makes you do is ownership of the business. True, true. Before now, you are there just to collect salary. They, they make promise, promise to eat. They don't make profit. To, hey? But you see, sir, that 20th or 25th or 38th. Yes, ah, I don't play with me. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> you that you came late, I say, sir, I'm sorry. You don't want to hear the I'm sorry. When you now want to collect salary, you don't want them to say, oh, we are sorry, we can't pay this week. We are looking at this. Ah, no, 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 don't bring that. You see, no ownership. But the moment you now become the wife, I mean the husband to the, the man's only daughter, there's something that is telling you that when daddy, you are the one that will, all of a sudden, you now start to become very, very articulate. You go, ah, yes, we need to be looking at our books. So some people watching Jawa Lonely, they are stealing from us. Meanwhile, these are the people that you knew that you just turned the blind eye. You see the way when relationship comes in, change of perspective happens. So with God, God was like, if I'm really to make these people own, I can't always be Lord, I must be more. 
The Bible says, what kind of love is this? That a man will lay down his life for his friend. So God said, if I really must take over their heart, I must give two of my only. <laughs> I was sitting on Friday, I said, premium attention. No, premium, what did we say in... in for those that, if you did not join our feed, we have caught you. I think I said something about premium attention um, begets, no, premium gist begets premium attention. Something like that. For God to really encapsulate the hearts of his children so that we see him as a lover, he also had to do the one thing that nobody could do. He literally had to get one that was pure and spotless to become a consistent atonement for all your misgivings. And that was how the new covenant started. Because the new covenant wanted you to enjoy the things that he has freely given. But you see one of the things that shuts you from the things that you have freely given is what? Sin. All have seen and have what? Come what? Come on man, help me. Have what? What does it mean when you say somebody has come short? Now, come, let's even finish it. Come short of what? You know, we started by talking about the old glory and the new glory. Now, the Bible says sin makes glory shortened. So, every time you sin, you cut short the glory that can be revealed to you. And because of that, Seeing that sin was something that we embattled in the flesh, God needed to make a perpetual atonement. I'm getting somewhere, guys. So this was how the old nature was and how we really needed to struggle just to be loved. And it didn't do anything to our heart. I said that, you see, the challenge with the old nature is you can, you can be around but you still cannot meet it. The Bible said concerning Moses... Moses was the kind of guy that they had already said to him that, you know what, this guy is sold out to God. This one is just, this one is ready to do everything for God. But there came a time. The Bible said that these same children of Israel, they were thirsty. Now, we've moved from Exodus, so now we're even in Numbers. And they were thirsty. And they started to wail again. And they started to do their toutish behavior. You know that, ah, Baba. You know? They started again. And the Bible said Moses and Aaron came. And they went out of the tabernacle. No, they went out and they went to the tent of meeting. And they just lay prostrate fall. Guys, they didn't even say anything. I'm sure they were tired. They, didn't, they just lay prostrate fall. And the Bible said, and God said, Go up. Go to the rock. And pat it. Or tap it. And water will come out. Instruction. But you see, the thing about when the one you are serving, you are not doing it from a place of love. It still has the ability to walk side by side your own evil tendencies. So the Bible said, Moses went. And because he was upset. You know, we, we all agree that Moses has always had issue with, with anger. Anger was his thing. He was a, actually his heel. He was always struggling. Two seconds, he break commandment. So this one, the Bible said, 
instead of tapping the rock or speaking to the rock, what did he do? He struck it how many times? And God said, I didn't send that to you. Let me, let's, let's see what God said and you will see what I was trying to say. Let's open our Bibles to Numbers. Let's open our Bibles to Numbers 20. Verse 11. So just give me a minute. Let me quickly find it myself. Numbers 20. Okay, let's do 10. As instructed by my darling wife. Okay. Other members of the jury have said we should start from eight. The superior power have said seven. <laughs> I will start from six so that we are not biased. <laughs> Moses and Aaron turned from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle. They, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to them, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So, so Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it, kept, where it was kept, from the, kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. What was the next thing he said? Now, I want them to show it on the screen. Please, I'm just asking, was there anywhere where God was speaking to him that he said and addressed them? Was there anywhere God told him to address? Hello, hello, public speaking. Who, who called for public speaking? There, there was no place. God told him, I see there is a problem. I am the solution. Get out of my way and fix it. And God says, speak to the rock. Don't speak to them. Speak to the rock. And Moses said, if I speak to the rock, I must get it out of my chest. Let, let, let me see, 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 you guys, you guys, see. I, let, let me just tell you guys, eh? You guys did not call me. It's God that called me. Let, let me just tell all of you. You were not there when, when I was, when I was, when I was, when I was sitting in the burning bush. We didn't send you, sir. Just speak to the rock. You see the way some of us we we want to do the things of God, but we want to listen with the things of our flesh. You just want to fair, fair, like as if it's the word you say that will get them to repent. <laughs> it's the what? It's the love of God that causes men to what? To be repentant. But Moses did not know because this was also part of the old covenant. And the Bible says, and Moses said, you rebels. He shouted, must, you, must we bring you water from this rock? Is it your rock? Is it your water? Next verse. Then Moses raised his hand. Obviously, he raised his hand because Oti anger, he was already, he had forgotten what God said. You see now, that's a message for somebody. 
Some of you, you allow God, you, you allow your anger make you forget the thing God has said you should do. You are in that office. It is a turbulent place, you know. It's toxic. They bad bite. They now they give you an opportunity to address them. Um, I just really feel like in this place, we all just really need to do better. Because honestly, there's there's just no love here. But I'm not gonna be saying much about it, but I just want you guys to know. So you are saying much. Be very careful how you interpret assignments. Because if you do not know how to be guarded in the spirit, there is no how. You will give your flesh some center stage. So the Bible said, Moses raised his hand and struck twice with the staff and water gushed out and the entire community and their livestock drank and filled. You see the thing about life that you must also understand is if you are one that God has sent to people be very careful how you allow those people push you to the things that God has not said. Because you see God sent you to them he loves you but he loves them too. They got their water Moses got punished for it. Be very careful. Be very careful how people make you make negative confessions. Be very careful how people push you to the edge so that you start to live life that is not yours. There is a nature of you that must die. And that old nature, you know that feeling that hmm, if you had known me, we don't want to know you. We don't want to know the old you. He's supposed to be dead. Do you get it? Ah, oh, Mominio. To watch him go, Mominba, in 1922. It's dead. So the Bible said, and they drank the water. Maybe, I'm even improvising. Maybe they even held it. Ah, strong guy. But in the eyes of the Lord, who was shocked, now see what the Lord said and this was very 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 humbling he said and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron you see this is also another thing company who did the striking who did the striking this is a word for families this is a word for husband and wife yeah I'm just going to leave it at there the Lord would minister what he meant to the family he's talking about. Yeah. But there's something that two of you are doing. You know of it. You know it's not right. Sometimes it can be how you treat your maid. You know. One of the other party. Maybe the woman. Yeah, it's you that is thinking multiple methods of how you can soak and carry inside pepper water so that you can use it to beat that child that we all know yes is very very troublesome and she has tendencies to steal but you as the man if you cannot help your wife navigate that place of anger when the word comes it comes to Moses and Aaron somebody needs to know that but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness can you imagine 
what was a problem, God was looking at it as an ability to demonstrate something. I feel like God too was at me like, I don't want these guys to always know me as a wicked, vengeful, angry God. Conche angry birds now. So when he saw that they came with legitimate reasons to be upset, God must have been like, okay, let's just get them water. But you, messenger, you messed up the entire process. You, 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 you adulterated the message. You know the same, you know the way some of you, God sends you to preach the gospel. And you never go beyond until you are going to hell, you just know. Until if you continue like this, see, oh sure, but hell is calling you. In fact, Orukon, you first get first door to the left. Can you just share the goodness? Can you can you focus less on the fact that Auntie, these are wicked behaviors? The Bible says, and I quote, that the seed of wicked disobedience is in those that are of the devil. We know that, but can you show goodness? The Bible said God was trying to demonstrate something, and you mortal given the privilege to be one that can pass a message, you adulterated the message. I feel like our gospel should be less fearful and more loving if you want to fill these places. When you see an average unbeliever on the road, the smell of uh, death, this one, on rock, body, straight. Do you understand that it doesn't do God any good if multiple people go to hell, it's waste of investment. Do you not know? I give you an empty check and you can only cash 1K. You wasted my checkbook, I'm sorry. Jesus gives the empty check of Jesus Christ and he cannot even get the whole of Nigeria. And yet we have many churches. But for as long as our churches have the narrative, of jeans will get you to hell. Makeup will get you to hell. Toothpick will get you to hell. You never show the nature of God. What about the nature of this is a loving father? What about the nature of he goes out to reach after the one? What about the nature of even when you complain, he still gives water generously and he does not do it with offense? That is the gospel that people need to have. That's the one that makes them say, this guy loves me too much, oh, and I've not even invested in my own love back. And he loves me like this. If he can have so much love, even when I've not reciprocated, maybe he has enough for my sin. Maybe he has enough for my sins. Maybe he has enough for my inequality, for, for, for my differences. Maybe he has enough. But when you make them come on the ground of, <laughs> even when you are born again, let me tell you, that's just the first thing. <laughs> you have to read your Bible. See, if you don't read your Bible, you are going to hell. Let me tell you something. If you are not fervent in the church, I get these things, but these things are outplays of outpour. It is when you have the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and He has taken over your heart, then you can sing songs like, Waiting, I go give to you. You don't expect Waiting, I go give to you to be the first song from an unbeliever. He's already burdened with life. He needs somebody to tell him that there is hope, that he can see the next day without death coming staring at his face and God puts you and I as ambassadors to do that but we are here busy trying to judge men instead of judging angels because that's what he said we will judge angels not men they say we will judge men he will judge men the same way he will draw them to himself 
but you will be a good porter. Let me leave on that point. The Bible says, because you did this, you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel. You will not lead them into the land I'm giving you. That sounded like a very big punishment, but let me tell you something. God knew what he was doing. You see, the land of Canaan was a land flowing with milk and honey. God understands that, you see, the way you treat people when they are poor is different from the way you treat them when, you're, when they are rich. Let me explain to you. If when you are poor, a lot of you, you soak up on rubbish just so that you can get what you want. Is it not true? No, now, come on now. You, you, you deny yourself. <laughs> they talk to you anyhow. <laughs> Back on. 200 million in your account. Um, I'm sorry, you can't talk to me like that. No. I'm so, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not that type of person. The first thing you want to do is try to make up for something that you think you lost. A shame you think you lost. A pain you think that, you know, they have rubbed off on you. So God understood that if these guys were going to get into the garden of, uh, uh, into the land of uh, uh, Canaan, where they would not start to have money. If Moses came with the wand of God who punish all of you, they don't look at him. Fall out here, yeah? we are balling. Do you do you understand? The fear of God will be eroded because the fear of God should actually be the love of God. But they had only the fear, they did not have the what? Love. When you are a rich man, it is love that makes you do things, it's not fear. Because money is a security. In that time, when they had lands of, of armies, do you think they need to pray to God to say, God, deliver us from the Amorites, from the Perisites, from the Perish? No. They just say, how many people do we have? Um, sir, based on the amount of money we have, we've just bought the entire lands of the Amorites and their people, their children and their wives. There's also in works the people of that entire region. We have not only bought their land, we have put them in perpetual slavery. They answer to our bid. So if any country says they want to fight us, we have enough number. Do you think that's when they are going to want to call on that God? That when we were thirsty, just give us water. He, he, he. He shouted, he, he. But you see, they want to remember that God, that when they did not know him, he sent somebody to say, I see you are suffering. And I'm going to take you out from the land of Egypt. And as unbelieving as that thought could be, they saw one God that they had not really known, but they had been told about, part the Red Sea and made, made, made them walk on dry ground while their enemies died on the spot. They saw that God, that when they cried out and they were complaining, the Bible said he brought manna from, from the sky. I'm still reading that book of, that, that Bible story of manna. And God is teaching me a lot, even about how we hold fast to money. I don't want to go there. The way we hold fast to money, I, if you read the story of the manna, you understand what you should sow and what you should spend. The Bible said, he told them, every day, what you eat should be enough. Don't save anything. But on the sixth day, when you save it, it will last the seventh. What was God trying to say? I understand that you want to have a savings. But do not let your savings be in the way of the work I want to do. Is somebody with me? Even me, I'm trying to unpack that scripture because 
How is it that that manna could not last? Because the Bible said that they tried to keep it to the next day and it spoiled. But how did it now stay on the sixth day and was kept to the seventh day? Every word that he speaks. So if you are gathering, if your entire purpose is to gather wealth, you may just be in the wrong call. Because the God we serve does not have a problem keeping what he gives. But when you decide to keep it without his instructions, you will lose it. That should help somebody balance this whole, should I give or should I not give? He gives seed to the sower, he gives bread to the eater. There are two dimensions of God. There are times where he wants you to sow it, there are times when he wants you to give it. Let's quickly round off. So four things that you enjoy with the new covenant. And this will be an excerpt from 2 Corinthians 3 verse 7. Awesome. A good time. The first thing is, God's reaction to sin is no longer death, but is reconciliation. We always say the wages of sin is death, but what? We never finish it. What's the next part? I know we are Bible scholars here now. Yes, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Why are we so consumed by the death part and we are not shouting about the eternal life part? Meaning that when you sin, you open yourself to death, but because there is now an eternal blood that speaketh over you, when you receive that blood, stop living like a dead man. My wife will give you an analogy. There was this time I did what I, as at my, my little knowledge, that time I considered as the most terrible sin. There's any word like that. You know, the, the, oh my God, I must have failed God. And I'll tell my wife, then we're, date, we're friends. Like, let me see. Uh, I have left the perfect will. I'm now in permissible will. Yeah. I have upset God. I have broken the edge. The serpent is about to bite. Yeah. I'm David. You see, you see the way we read the scriptures in line with old covenant? You see, you, see, you don't understand. Let me tell you something. The Bible said, when David sinned, and after Nathan came, and David said that, did, 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 God said that, I'm going to put enmity in your house. God said that, see, she be you sleep with a woman in the private. They will sleep with your wife in public. Ah, they are going to sleep with my wife in public. Oh. The Bible said, eh, you don't know. If you look at history, you know, I'm a student of economics. After that thing that David did, Absalom rose against him. His own very blood. He stopped to. What there is the blood? There's the blood that says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He did not say, I'll give you partial rest with a slash of memory. I will give you rest. Rest. The Bible says, and I will blot out your iniquities and I will remember your sins no more. So, what the enemy wanted to bring to make us feel like we would receive death because the enemy brings sin and he feels that we will receive death from God. What God now says is, for my children, what I will do is I will reconcile them. What is reconciliation? The act of bringing what used to be together but now separated back together. So Jesus stands as an intermediary. Saying, Olumide, come here. Oh, Nibate, Mije. 
God, Emma Binu. You want to beat him? Beat me. God is like, I can't beat you now. You are spotless. So God is spotless. Shebi is sorry. He is serious. He will not do it again. Olumide, Holy Spirit, work on him. Holy Spirit, motivate him. Holy Spirit, let him see me more. Holy Spirit, take away those friends from him. Holy Spirit, break that relationship. Holy Spirit, leave, let him leave that job. And God comes, and Jesus comes, and he says, God, nasty your boy. That's why I died. And he says, reconciliation. So with the new covenant, you have reconciliation. The second thing you have with the new covenant is boldness. The Bible says something about David. I'm sorry, about Moses. He said every time he went into the... In fact, the Bible says as he came back from Mount Sinai, one of the things that made them know that, ah, this guy is going to be with God. The Bible says that his face was glowing. But see how the people responded to the glow. What did they say? Cover it up. The way the world responds to God is that you should shut it up. The way the world responds to healing is that you be quiet. It's a lie. The way the world responds to the fact that you can be nothing and you can dream to be something is who's lying to you? You better shut up. The Bible says the blind man shouted, Son of David, have mercy on me. They said, Shut up. The Bible said he cried out even louder. And it was that louder that got God's attention. It was not that Jesus was not, it was not that Jesus was deaf. But Jesus wanted to know, would you allow the things that men say stop you from the things I have said? Because he must have heard something about Jesus. The Bible says, and he heard because he couldn't see. He must have heard that Jesus was walking past. And he knew that this would be my day. He must not pass me by. You know, it's because you don't believe. That's why you feel that he will come back again. No. He knew that if he leaves, this is my one chance. The Bible says he shouted even louder. So one thing that the world does is they want you to cover this light. And the Bible says nobody lighted a lamp and put it under a bushel. Meaning that God will not partner with the world to, sh to dim your light. He wants your light to shine. The Bible says arise and what? For your light has and the glory of the Lord is revealed upon. That's what God wants to do. When, do you, when he brings the light, he wants you to shine. So God made Moses' face shine but the people told him to cover it up. And guess what? Moses did what? Covered it up. And the Bible says when he gets to the presence of God, he opens it again. But God is saying with the new covenant, as we are, with what? Unveiled faces. Meaning that in this new dispensation, we have boldness to stand for what God has said we are. In this new dispensation, there is such a knowledge of God that we carry that the world cannot shut us up. Is somebody there with me? Meaning that you can come here today and say, I'm going to church. I'm going to meet with my maker. And somebody's looking at you that, are you, are you thinking you are flesh? You were given back to a woman, by a woman. 
you didn't just jump from the earth. What is this thing about there is a spirit? There is nothing that is spirit. We are all dust and we will die. And when we die, there is a vacuum or there is an abyss or there is something that they say. And you're like, no, sir. God is real. I know it in my heart. There are certain things I've experienced that tells me he is real. And they're like, eh. Oh, yeah, now call God and let me see him. Like, no. He's an experience. He's inside of me. The Bible says, I'm not going to write the laws anymore on tablets. I'm going to write it where? In their hearts. So the thing that the new scripture gives you, or the new covenant gives you, is boldness. Hear what I wrote here. I said, no more veil. People now want to walk with veils concerning things like violence, premarital sex, corruption, addiction to pornography, and things like that. They couldn't attain the level of light that Dave, uh, Moses was encountering. So they said that, you know what? You cover your own light. But God is saying that in the new dispensation, you will not cover your light. They will catch your light. Is somebody with me? Is somebody with me? In the new covenant, it is not you that will wear unveiled, it is not you that would wear veil. They are the ones that will ask you to give them a part of your light. That's why the Bible says, arise and shine. That's why the Bible says that God calls you to what? Manifest his goodness. The third thing that the new covenant does for you, it transforms you. So I said concerning Moses, that as much as Moses had so much walkings with God, there was still anger problem that he did not trash out. Now, the perfect way to, to give an example of the new covenant was Jesus. The Bible says, and Jesus, you know, on the earth representing the Father, he got to the deepest, darkest time of his life. The time where he was about to what? Die. And just right there, Jesus started to make statements like, if it is your will, if it's my will, let this cup pass over me. And that statement right there literally puts an end to everything he came to do. Do you know that? When Jesus said, let this thing pass over me, it was another way in the 21st century of saying, about Ibula is not go do this thing again. No. Ah. And God is looking at, eh? Because guess what? It is still free will. It is still free will. The Bible says, I think it's in Isaiah or Revelation, it says, who is worthy to open the scroll? Different people came and they were not. And he that was like the lamp of God, he came and he opened the scroll. Then the same the, the is singing, worthy is the lamp. Who is worthy to open the scroll? That's what the scripture says. He wasn't forced. No, he chose to die. So if he got to earth and he chose to say he's not doing again, ah, Mission aborted. Oh yeah. We continue with rams. Just make sure that maybe if the rams are going to burn one child, they will burn six. Because sin ye. Ekpa. Four. Ninu ram. When I go kill rams, Muslims don't go see ram chop. So Jesus could have literally aborted the entire walk and get us back in the old covenant. I'm sure you guys know that if Jesus did not die, the Holy Spirit will not come. <laughs> Do you know? So the spirit will only be something that comes visiting. But at that split second, Jesus said, not my will, but your will. 
at the place where his flesh wanted to abort the mission, the spirit man that had walked with Christ was able to subject his will to the will of God. The Bible says he made himself of no repute. That he, I'm trying to find how that scripture says it. He, 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 he brought himself, he made himself of no repute. He humbled himself even unto death. The Bible says, now he has been given a name that is above every other name. Jesus literally facing his humanity shows divinity. Moses having the opportunity facing his humanity chose his humanity. And that is why because Jesus did it, now we can do it. Because Jesus showed us that even when you are tempted on all sides and you are persecuted, you can still say, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Meaning that there is something that can still rise up even inside of you when you feel that you have been misjudged or mistreated to say, Father Lord, I forgive them. Father Lord, have mercy on them. Father Lord, forget not the prayers that are prayers uh, that were prayed concerning these ones. So the one thing that the new covenant did for us it was it was able to make us open our eyes to the reality of who we are. It transformed us. So now we are not just who we are seeing. We are now becoming who. No, we are not just who we are. We are now becoming who we are looking at. Is somebody there? And the last point. It increases us in glory. There's something I read about the way we see ourselves that God wanted to highlight. I'm just going to read it very briefly and I think that will just be it. Because I think I found it very, very, very instrumental to this message. Quickly put on the screen 2 Corinthians 3, put 18, which is our theme scripture for the year. Let me just, yeah. It says, so all of us who have been, who, who have had our, our veils removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we have, as, as we have changed in his glorious image. Use the NKJV. There's a word I want to stress. NKJV. Yes, it says, but we all who, with unveiled faces beholding, thank you, beholding in a mirror. Beholding is a continuous tense. Meaning that what sustains the new is beholding. Beholding says fixing your gaze perpetually on this person. Beholding says that though there are things that can take your attention, you choose to see this one thing. It says, beholding as in a mirror. Now, if you are the kind of person that you have birthmarks, how many of us know birthmarks now? That little, yeah, some of you even call it beauty mark. Well, if it makes you sleep well at night. But it's a birthmark. When you are facing the mirror, is there a way that you can make the mirror not show you your birthmark? Maybe it does look like this. Or maybe, maybe if you hide the mirror long enough, the mirror will be shy and will just show you. No, it's not the Instagram filter that takes away all your 
and he gives you a, no, your mirror is your mirror. If your mirror says that this is it, that is who you are. Right? But see what the Bible is saying. It says, beholding in as a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Meaning that this thing that we are talking about makes you see God the way he is. Nothing hidden. He sees it 100% pure. You know, I started to even read about mirrors. You know that the way in the days of old, in the days of the Roman Empire, the way they used to look at reflection was not mirror. Mirror is a new, is a new kineo. Guess how they used to look at it? Metal. They used to melt metal and when it solidifies, it creates a reflection. Now, a reflection is different from a mirror. A reflection gives you a close idea of who you are. But it does not give you the entire idea of who you are. Let me give you an example. Take your phone. Your phone, without you turning it on, has the ability to reflect your image. But it does not have the ability to mirror your image. What am I saying? If you are seeing what I'm saying, just concur by saying yes. Can you see a form of yourself? Can you see that you are slightly darker? You cannot really see how bright you are, right? Can you see the very tiny pimples? No. If you can see the very tiny pimples, there's one anti like this. Marry You can't see. And what the devil does sometimes is it makes us see the Bible not as a mirror but as a reflection. Let me explain what that means. You only start to pick the part that suits you. You don't want to pick everything. The Bible says this thing that we are talking about is like a mirror. You see God directly. Directly. The way he is. I can see my reflection. But for a woman that wants to make a spot up makeup, if you want to do your wedding makeup, the one Bella Niger makeup, I'm very sure you're not going to be looking for a reflection. You'll be looking for a mirror. Meaning that if you are ready to do things in the new, I'm not sure you want to just be looking for anything that tells you about God. You want to look for that one thing that reflects the direct image of your maker. And that thing is called the word of God. So many are we. We have used men as our mirror. Ah, can you imagine? Hmm, this Bible says, Alayo, that man slept with the choir master. Yes, but at best, he's a reflector, not a mirror. When you go into the word, and you sit with the word and you say Lord how could it be that this man did this and this because I don't want to fall into that sin and God says you must understand that if you walk with me you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh so I now say ah could it be that it's possible to climb the stage and not have a relationship with the God that you preach about and God says yes so my son come walk with me and then you say, Lord, I will walk with me. I will walk with you. Then when you walk with him, the Bible says, you become what? Blameless or transformed. There's a difference, guys, between a reflector and an image. And that's why I wanted you to see. It's the mirror 
of the spirit that is the word some of you with heightened level of prophecies that we are getting nowadays which is great you must also balance it by the mirroring of the word tell me where Jesus wanted to do the miracle and he told them bring seven atupa four sosorobia perfume and you must wear white or be naked or I want to impart on you I heard that you are pregnant it is my seed that can make you pregnant huh? but we hear these things but what has made men follow them is because they have failed seeing the scripture as the mirror they have made men the reflectors of God and man at best is still man somebody gets in that this was Moses the very one that hears from God the custodian of the world the one that sees God the one that can even dare to tell God God I want to see your glory and God was humble <laughs> God was still able to tell I will not show you my glory but I will show you my goodness Moses walked in dimensions Moses and yet that Moses at best was still a reflector not, an not a mirror the scripture guys is the only thing that can guarantee you walking in the new covenant and I brought that to say as I close that every other thing can only enhance but the one thing that shows the exact image is Jesus in his word so today when Pastor Emisi was saying what do you see I shouted I see Jesus and that is why I started with that song. To see you highly lifted up Shining in the light of your glory Pour out your power and love As we sing holy, holy, holy to see you yes oh shining in the I want you to pour out as we sing holy holy I want to see you. I want you to rise up on your feet this morning. I want to see. I want to behold you. I want to see. My gaze is fixed on you. Just one passion, one purpose to know you more and more. When I know you, I find me just one passion. One purple 
me know you let me know you more and more when i know you when i know you i'll find me if you know you are here and you are lost this new image you crave it you div you desire it but there is such a far image that you are compared to the image that we are talking about. Jesus is saying, come today. He's saying, I know that you see yourself as stained. But that is what the scripture says. Though your sins may be as red as scarlet, I can make them as white as snow. I'm not the God that they told you about that is so quick to beat and kill his children. He says, my mercy is eternal, my patience, my, my anger is for a temporary time. If you know you are here and you want to make rights, you are tired of looking at other things as image, you want to learn how to look at him. I want to know you. So with all heads bowed and with all eyes shut this is a very serious business guys the essence of this old story the essence of the old covenant and the new covenant is to get you to this point where you say lord i respond to your love is to say lord i respond to your death and your crucifixions and your rising for me it's to respond to the fact that in the place where i should have died you died uh, and you rose and the bible says that uh, because you rose uh, i can rise again if you know you are here you want to make this day a special day a day where you truly mean it to give your life to jesus and just before the enemy tells you that when you have done this before he did not die for you hey if you know this is that day where you want to know him leaving everything that is like a reflection and chasing the one mirror i want you to come out oh i know it seems like i said it's humiliating but guess what the pain of living the life we are currently living is something that also pains jesus why don't you identify by coming out this morning oh what would they say sorry they will not die for you don't be like moses you allow the words of men to get you into trouble. Come out today. You know that God is calling you. There is a pressing in your heart. There is a knot in your heart. You are the one we are talking to. Don't say I will do it tomorrow. This is a good opportunity to start right. You know the way you say you continue. You diet and you never diet. You know the way you say you jog and you never jog. This is that day. Don't procrastinate. Father Lord, we thank you for every heart that is here. And like we prayed this morning, Father Lord, we want to see you. Ah, we've seen religion, Lord, we want to see you. We've walked a lot in the old covenant. We want to see you. Father Lord, this week,
said this week will be an unveiling week for us. It will be a week of unmasking. It will be a week where we see Jesus the way he is. It will be a week where we shred away all the things that have held us back. And we run with power. Father Lord, we pray that every blessing that the new covenant offers, by reading of the word today and becoming close to you in fellowship, we will know everything that you said concerning us. And in the name of Jesus, our glory will be ever increasing. In Jesus' name we pray. that you've been richly blessed by this message. We are a ministry with a mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, which birth hope, love, and so much more. For more information, you can follow us on our social media platforms at TFOLC Hope Center on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or you can visit our website www.tfolchopecenter.org God bless you. Hope Center